Warning! This podcast is different from other podcasts. These episodes contain dangerous choices, perilous tangents, and unwavering silliness. The choices made on this podcast may lead to success or disaster. But remember, you are responsible because you choose to listen. Good luck. You're not conflating dinosaurs, the television sitcom, with Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze, because a very similar plot goes on there. Uh huh, where they create uh, uh, Tokar and Razor, the uh, snapping turtle and wolf uh, hybrids, as well as a super shredder played by Kevin Nash. Um, yeah, and also, like, were Rocksteady and Bebop just, like, not available? Like, why did they invent these two new guys? You know what I think it might have been was that they, Rocksteady and Bebop might have been, like, Playmates properties or something. Like, I don't know where they were in the sort of canonicity of the Ninja Turtles comic book. Um, and I know that like Eastman and Laird sold their sort of their stake in the Ninja Turtles for like a billion, billion dollars, uh, to the toy manufacturers. So, um, somewhere in there, they had to, that split had to have happened where it's like, that's why their April O'Neil doesn't look like the cartoon April O'Neil, like with the yellow jumpsuit and everything. I don't, I don't know why I'm surprised to find that you know a whole lot about the history of Ninja Turtles. (laughs) No, the most of that was bullshit. I don't really know a lot about the Ninja Turtles. Sounds like you're pretty versed. Uh, so, segueing, Yeah. Dinosaurs. Yeah. Welcome to Booze Your Own Adventure, a podcast where three grown-ups try and beat a children's game. I'm Ian. I'm Chris. I'm the Marcosaurus. Nice. Nice. Man, I really thought Chris was going to remember his dinosaur lawyer name from a minute ago. <laughs> uh, I don't t- do improv anymore, so... <laughs> And today, at the end of uh, a very long Thursday, we're going to read to you Dinosaur Island, Choose Your Own Adventure, book number 138, pretty late in the game, but by series co-founder, Mr. Edward Packard. We've taken a real uh, Packard direction in this podcast. Like, we were all Montgomery for a good while. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of Packards recently. It's nice. I'm okay. still on Team Montgomery, but, uh, you know, I respect the Packard. There's no, uh, there's no, there can be no light without the darkness, guys. There can be no, uh, no love without hate, no life without death. Uh, Montgomery gave us evil power master. Packard gave us hyperspace. Clearly, it's Lennon and McCartney, and there's no point debating. Yeah, well, one of them's still alive, um, which I don't know is true of our two authors. Richard Brightfield is the George Harrison of the group, right? Like he doesn't write all that many, but like when he does, they're pretty fucking good. Yep. Uh, I know, I know as many Beatles songs as Chris knows Motley Crue songs, <laughs> which I know isn't a popular stance to take. I just, ne- they never played Beatles outside. Like they played Blackbird and Hey Jude on, on Fox 97. And that was it. And like, if it wasn't on Fox 97, I don't know it. Man, you're missing out, but we should move yeah. on. I hear they're pretty good. Anyways, Dinosaur Island. <laughs> hey, Chris, without looking at the cover, what do you think's in the background of Dinosaur Island? Wild guess. Yeah. It's going to be uh, like a, a mountain. Like it's, where it's, it's an island where it's mostly mountain. It's uh-huh. mostly green. Uh, maybe a volcano on the top. Ooh, okay. And that's it. That's all of it. It's a, it's a very green mountainous volcano, and it does look like they're on an island. Chris, you win today's prize. Is it a dinosaur? It's actually some Twizzlers, which is weird because I know we just <laughs> talked about the toxicity level of licorice, but no, I don't have a dinosaur to give you. 
I have licorice. It's also black licorice. So I think Twizzlers, you're probably fine. Oh, dang. I like black licorice, man. Okay, hang on. I got to figure out how much black licorice can... <laughs> Wait, <laughs> hold on. How much black licorice is too much black licorice? <laughs> That's the first... <laughs> Are your children eating black licorice? Eating more than two ounces of black licorice a day for two weeks could lead to potentially serious heart problems. Wow. Like a Two ounces? That is wildly low, I think. It's not even that much. Yeah. I feel like often when I encounter statistics like these, they have like wildly different ideas about what normal consumption is. (laughs) Like I was looking up coffee recently and there's like... Actually, moderate coffee drinking is, you know, basically fine for your health. By moderate, we mean five to six cups a day. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> a sir, hold on. Liquor, black licorice serving size. Let's even look at that shit. Let's actually just read Dinosaur Island. Okay, all right. We should probably also, focus up on Dinosaur Island, yeah. Uh, one, ounce is a, one, ounce is, one ounce is a serving size. Yeah, let's get going. All right, Dinosaur Island. Uh, you are a kid. You are white. You are probably a boy. You are wearing 80s clothes. Honestly, I feel like we can safely say for most of these books, like you're you're white. Yeah. Uh, like they were written in like 1980. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and white is the one uh, culture that doesn't seem to be like uh, very exotic from the narrator's point of view, right? We've mm-hmm. been to pretty much every other one, and it was like wildly different from what we were used to. I would argue that like. As described by Edward Packard, Vermont is a culture. Like it's not just like a, a state in the United States that no one cares That's about. That's a good point. He can he can really bring the vibrancy to even even the most mundane of settings. Um, and we and here we've given him an entire island populated by dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, John Hammond. Yeah, you stood on the shoulders of giants. Warning. Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures you may have after landing on a remote island in the South Pacific. On the island of the dinosaurs, the only rule is survival of the fittest. Well, sounds pretty sexy. Time for murder. <laughs> the T-Rex mayor enforces this rule. Yeah, with, with a heavy short hand. <laughs> The short arm of the law. <laughs> there it is. Or if it were controversially a uh, a long neck, like from uh, from from the Land Before Time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It could be yeah. The long neck of the law. Uh huh. Your greatest advantage among these colossal creatures is your human brain, and you'd better be prepared to use it. Otherwise, you may be the one who winds up extinct. Good luck. Pretty good. We're probably gonna Pretty- wind up extinct. Seriously, like our human brain, age 11. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Honestly, our three adult human brains age in their 30s. Yeah. Uh, for, as, as regards island survival with dinosaurs. Yeah. Island survival, tough enough. And then you put dinosaurs on here? None of them are going to be your friends. Star Fox 64 trivia game with Russian roulette. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you miss a question, <laughs> let's watch these guys blow their brains out. We're going to fucking kill it. Yeah. But uh, dinosaur survival... Not yeah. in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Speak for yourselves. I've seen most of the Jurassic Park films, so I feel pretty good about how to survive on this island. I don't know, man. The human survival rate in those movies is pretty low. But I watched all the way to the end, so I know which strats work and which ones don't. Which Okay, which strat saves them in JP1? Wait for the big dinosaur to save you from the small dinosaurs? Yeah, don't get on the toilet. Never shit. Stay in the car, mostly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't, be, don't be brave adventure, man. Uh, use, use reflections to your advantage. Mm, mm-hmm. Ooh, they did fall for that one a couple times, yeah. Remember that girls are clever. 
Yeah, don't under, look. Somebody told you they were smart dinosaurs. Don't underestimate how fucking smart these dinosaurs are. Also, hold on to your butts. Oh fuck yeah! You've been having a lot of fun reminiscing about the first Jurassic Park movie and being an exchange student in Australia for the past year. Now it's almost time to go home, and you and some of the other kids from your school are on your last scuba diving trip to the Great Barrier Reef. You notice a plume of smoke on the horizon and point it out to the others. That's coming from Kieran Island, Nancy, the Australian, says. <laughs> from, the vol- from the volcano. I wish I could see the island, you say. It would be cool to see an active volcano close up. No chance, Nancy says. A scientific foundation called the Lebeau Institute bought it. It's off limits to everyone else. They're doing experiments with genetics or something. Oof. This is not a thing that gets said in the real world enough. No. Yeah, they're doing experiments. Shady Corporation is doing genetic experiments on that island that's uninhabited. Cool. Usually it's like Shady Corporation is doing out in the open horrible shit to real people. Like all the time. <laughs> and it's like story number eight on Reddit after some pretty awesome yeah. cat memes. And everybody just kind of rolls their eyes and is like, yeah, of course they are. They're a plastics manufacturer. Like, don't live near them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you do? Make sure to vote. Yeah, Look, what? sometimes you get kidnapped by paramilitaries and, like, they just jam you full of weird psycho drugs. Mm-hmm. And make you watch weird movies and then you turn you into a green rage monster with electricity powers. I know how it goes. Yeah. It goes like that every time. And you're, and you're like, well, I guess, I guess just, uh, you know, go fight in a, in a tournament and free the island nation from its captor in bison. Mm-hmm. The plume of smoke is soon out of sight, and you give no further thought to Kieran Island. The end. Until a week later, <laughs> when you're preparing to return home. You're watching the news on television one evening, when the newscaster says, The scientists at the Lebeau Institute on Kieran Island have made a breakthrough in their efforts to clone dinosaur cells. It may take years more research, but if you're patient, sometime, someday... Uh, you may get to see a real dinosaur. The newscaster smiles and shakes his head as if he doesn't really believe what he's just said. But he'll say it because he's a good soldier. Yeah, well, he's paid by Sterling, right? Like, that's the other thing is that all of the local news channels are owned by the same right wing company. Mm-hmm. I thought sure this was going to be a time travel book, but this is a, this is a <laughs> Jurassic Park book. It is. I mean, it was written in 1993. I think it's a direct response. It's like you hope that somebody's grandma shopping for Christmas presents, like, picks this book up instead of Jurassic Park. Right, it's the transmorphers of Jurassic Park. Just, oh, so close. So close. Ugh, shucks. Or she gives him the VHS, and then he goes to put it in the VCR, and guess what? Poof. Grandma snatched the VCR. It's Mazzy. Je suis la jeune fille. It's just Mazzy. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. The next day, you ask your science teacher, Mrs. Glass, whether dinosaur cells really could be cloned. In theory, it could be done by extracting the DNA from dinosaur blood. Of course, there's no blood left in any dinosaur fossils. The DNA would have to be taken from veins of amber. How was Edward Packard not sued for this? Yeah, this is pretty much just JP. Uh, Amber, how does it get there, you ask? If they start cloning it with androgynous frogs, there's going to be a real problem. Guys, uh, Edward Packard is still alive. We should maybe wait a couple years and then read this book. Otherwise, he's going to get in some shit. I would be a character witness for Edward Packard. Same, honestly. The, the podcast that started it all. Okay. Mosquitoes. And I forgot my voice. 
There's some mosquitoes. And somebody can make a real-life dinosaur from that? It wouldn't be easy, but it could be done. If you were a shady government organization and you owned a whole island, I guess, and people left you alone because there was a volcano. Look, you just keep injecting fake blood into animals, and eventually one of them turns into a dinosaur. It's scientific fact. You soon forget all about dinosaurs because you have a real one-track mind. As you finish up your year in Australia, you've had fun, but you're excited about heading home. You and two friends from America, Kira Bolin and Todd Harris, have reserved seats together on the plane. Uh, winners of some kind of write-in contest, I'm sure, <laughs> for, na- for naming a CYOA character. You're a little worried, though. A lot of flights have been canceled lately because of exceptional sunspot activity. If Edward Packard put in all that Jurassic Park bullshit as, like, a red herring... To, mm-hmm. to like just be like oh and then your plane flies to the past because of sun rays ha ah, didn't see that coming fucker yeah and then it turns out to all be a dream it's like triple uh <laughs> explained a dream of a four-dimensional shape okay so uh page 51 has the most nervous adult children i've seen in drawing recently it's like he's already pissed his pants like so many times uh-huh. and it's crept up into his shirt and now that's also covered in piss. <laughs> oh my yeah. God, yeah. He's got nothing left. He's just drenched in piss. Uh-huh. The plane has only been in flight for a few minutes, long enough to get high up enough, right? Like no minutes is too many minutes when there's an announcement from the pilot. As reported turbulence ahead, he says, we want to give you folks a nice smooth ride, so we're altering course to avoid it. As a precaution, though, please keep your seatbelt securely fastened. We want to give you folks a nice smooth ride, so we're pumping knockout gas into the cabin. <laughs> See you in like, six hours. Yeah. Time is relative. You won't remember a thing. The air in the cabin is recirculated with uh, Valium added. Seconds later, the plane hits an air pocket, uh, which is still cold in the middle, even though it's been in the microwave for three Minutes. How is it still cold in the middle? Your small waterproof camera almost flies out of your hand. You decide to strap it to your wrist. It says the plane hits an air pocket and drops like a rock. Like, is that a thing that can happen? You stumble upon some air up there in the sky and then your plane falls out of the sky? Mark, I worry if we start thinking too seriously about how airplanes fly, uh, we're going to unravel a whole series of mysteries that, Mm. you know what I mean? I honestly don't want to think about. I I, I like, like to be surprised every time I get into a plane. Is it going to crash? Thing. I make a paper airplane out of paper. It's so light. Even it doesn't stay up for very long. How does a big heavy plane with full of people stay up for that long? I, I don't know. It's got engines. The engines yeah, help yeah. a lot. Yeah, but mm-hmm. engines, cars have engines too, and they can't even fly even a little bit. No wings. Uh, actually, they can fly. <laughs> <laughs> they can. Okay. All right. Buzz Lightyear can fly too, huh? Yeah, you're, you're, a, real, <laughs> you're a real believer. <laughs> Uh, falling. What does he say? Falling, falling with, style. with style. Yeah, that movie's so fucking good. It's a great film. Okay, so after that important paragraph about strapping your waterproof camera to your wrist, mm-hmm. oh, check out waterproof camera. You know, it's gonna come up in the oh, last act. It has it's got to. to. Sorry about that, folks. The pilot says over the intercom, things uh, should be smoother ahead, but unfortunately, we we are experiencing an electrical problem. Uh, navigations. Out. Uh, and so is the radio. So we're returning to the airport. No need to worry. We have plenty of fuel. Just admit that you don't know how to fly a plane and you were doing this on a dare and they called your bluff. Just just say that you don't know how to fly a plane. Quit making up <laughs> shit. I've gotten into a fight with uh, the air traffic control. Um, 
he claimed that he I needed his help to know where I'm flying, uh, and he was correct. So <laughs> and, and, we and are I shouted, around. He needs my help to to stay in a job. So. I don't know where we are, but I'm gonna squint real hard at the ground and I'll land the first thing that looks kind of like an airstrip. I mean, it's Australia, right? So I just uh, we've got the big red rock in the center, and then uh, for a moment you feel relieved. Then the plane <laughs> hits another wild patch of air. Then you are relieved. Yeah, of of your piss. And all your inside bits. People gasp. Someone lets out a scream. Someone lets out piss. <laughs> yeah. Somebody screamed, where'd all that piss come from? Uh, you look out the window. You're going down. Oh, here we go. Okay, shit. Well, stuff's broken real bad. Your head snaps forward and then hits the seat in front of you. A wing dips into the waves, splitting the side of the plane wide open, only a row ahead of you. Then the whole front of the plane plunges down. The tail section, with you, Todd, and Kira still strapped into your seats, lurches back, exposing the sky in front of you. Your head, which was uh, on the front seat in front of you, has <laughs> yeah. now really traveled some it distance. Got caught in that really cool webbing. You pull a Liam Neeson and strap like eight seatbelts to yourself so that everyone else dies around you, but you're still good. Good news. Fewer Australian accents going forward because it sounds like everybody's just drowned to death. You unbuckle your seatbelt and dive to get free. A wave breaks over you and you go under. When you come up, the part of the plane you were in has already sunk. Someone calls to you. It's Todd. You swim towards him. Kira is with him. They've got hold of a life raft. The three of you haul yourselves onto it. <laughs> Everyone else on the plane is dead. Well, except John Locke, who suddenly can walk again. Wow. Amazingly, your waterproof camera is still strapped to your wrist. That's, that is the most important fact. Yeah, this is definitely Chekhov's waterproof camera here. You know what it is, though? I think when, when, a, when a huge trauma like that happens... If you have, like, one piece of normalcy you can cling to, you know? Because, like, if he turned around and looked at that plane and, the like, the, the faces of everyone who couldn't unbuckle their seatbelts in time. And he couldn't take their pictures? Yeah. <laughs> this is a Kodak moment. When, you pu- when you've pulled yourselves together and all of your, like, middle school confidence in the face of death, you and your friends poke around to see what supplies are in the raft. When they say pull yourself together, they mean push your intestines back up into your torso. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, You see drinking water and emergency rations, paddles, a six-foot mast, and a small triangular sail. Wait, Todd says. We don't want to sail anywhere. Search planes will be looking for us. We ought to stay as close to where we crashed as possible. I don't think so, Kira says plane had changed course and the radio was out the search planes won't know where to look you're supposed to stay with the wreck todd argues it's a basic rule of survival uh kira turns to you it it looks like you have the deciding vote what do you think we should do kira on one shoulder todd on the other (laughs) yeah the mainland it's the it's the place that is an island and therefore might have dinosaurs right yeah Yeah, run we got to stay away from these dinosaurs Okay, last thing I want is to get captured before a dinosaur shows up. When I say captured, I mean rescued. I agree with Kira, you say. It can't be more than a hundred miles to the mainland. We should be able to make it in a day or so if we get a good wind. And as children, we're all consummate sailors. Yeah. Sorry, when they said mainland, I assumed they meant nearby dinosaur island, not let's go back to Australia. Well, they don't really know where they're going, right? Because they're in a plane that crashed. I assume this, they're, yeah, I, I assume we're going to die immediately because, like, come on, right? Yeah. 
That would explain why 80% of the pages in this book are blank. Because <laughs> we're all dead. They're all ones where we're dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You hoist the sail and the raft begins moving quickly over the waves. When darkness falls, the three of you agree to take turns steering the raft and keeping watch. You're awakened by Todd at, the, at dawn the next morning. <laughs> Bad news, he says. You sit up and look around. A dense fog has closed in. Um, maybe there's fog because we're near shore, you say, not knowing how fog works, I think. <laughs> it's made of water vapor, so it must happen around land. Yeah, you know, how, you know how fog is always on land? Like, no, you're always on land, and that's where you see fog. You know how you never hear about ships in the middle of the ocean being surrounded by fog? You know how that's not a classic pirate trope? <laughs> Ghost pirates. Um, have you heard any breakers? Nope, Todd says. And since there's nothing to do, I guess I'll try to get some sleep. Me too, you say, not agreeing, like not keeping your end of the keeping watch <laughs> bargain. Right. Oh, I guess I'll stay up then, asshole. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's there's no hope. OK, well, let's all just sleep in the bottom here and die. Has anyone seen Kira? <laughs> oh, well. The next sensation you have is one of rising in the air. You sit up and see that the raft is on the crest of a breaker. She's got to be a wave, right, guys? Like a breaker's a wave. Mm-hmm. You go under and come up just as another breaker is bearing down. You dive through it, surface again and swim hard for the beach. When you reach it, you spot Kira nearby, struggling in the wash. I guess is part of the ocean. I don't know very many ocean words. It's fucked up that you guys expected Kira to bring all of the clothes and also wash them just because. But it is convenient that there was a laundromat on this beach we washed up on. That was nice. Yeah, it could have been worse. Um, I think they also probably have a vending machine, but it's probably all, all licorice. Oh, Charleston Chew. It's just an entire, just rows on rows of Charleston Chew. I, uh, I love Charleston Chew. I don't know if that's a, if that's a popular opinion, but I, I fucking love Charleston Chew. How much Charleston Chew is too... I'm not actually Mark, typing do not tell. Do not tell. I want to hear pounds worth, because like, I don't go halfway on a Charleston Chew. How much chew could a chew dude chew if a chew dude could chew chew? So, it sounds derogatory, Chris. It sounds like you're saying a, it sounds like you're saying a swear word. <laughs> <laughs> is Chewbacca short for chewing tobacco? <laughs> it's not short for Charleston Chewbacca. Charleston Chewbacca is a pretty good idea for a cosplay. Yeah, like the Southern gentleman Wookie. <laughs> oh my God! And yes, and yep. instead of he's wearing he's wearing like a linen suit, but instead of like a seersucker, it is yellow. It's mostly yellow with like blue and red features on it. Uh huh. I like the and idea of like it's a it's a Wookie in a seersucker suit, but also a bandolier. You know. Uh huh. Of Charleston shoes. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, and his cane has somehow he has like a cane he leans on. Uh, and it's, it's like one long Charleston chew. Right. This is, this is adorable. Oh my God. Hang on. Now I got to figure out. Dragon con 2021 costume ideas dot TXT. All right. There's definitely <laughs> a Reddit username already, yeah. but I don't see any cosplays. I don't see any images of anybody yeah. looking like Charleston Chewbacca. All right. Let's move on with the book. Okay. You give her a hand and the two of you make it up onto dry sand. Todd is already ashore. Where's our life raft? He yells. You see it for a second in the trough of the sea, drifting down the coast. It's lost, and all your supplies with it, unless it washes ashore. Guess we just have to hunt dinos. Would you rather be on the, on the open ocean with, like, enough food and water to survive in the open ocean, or thrown up on, a, on, like, a foreign shore with no food and water? 
I think for ensure because it would be easier to make a really big SOS in the sand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no real guarantee in the food and water on a raft, but you have like at least a chance if you have dry land because at least then you know your footing is secure. Right, like you're you're almost guaranteed to not get found. I because th- like the, the the Pacific is huge, right? Hot take: oceans are large. Yeah, yeah. So you know, this is gonna lose us some listeners. This is gonna lose us some <laughs> listeners. But uh, I gotta say it: oceans are big. You know what? If you don't think oceans are big, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. <laughs> I hope this island is inhabited. Kira says <laughs> she'll be eating those words later. <laughs> maybe not. You say, pointing. Look at that smoke. I bet this is Kieran Island, uh, the one that's too dangerous for people. Todd says, exposing his only knowledge of Kieran Island. <laughs> That's right, you say, except for the scientists of the LeBeau Institute. The Remy LeBeau Institute? LeBeau Institute. (laughs) (laughs) If the volcano hasn't blown for decades, I don't think it will. I don't think it will just because we landed here, Todd says, not knowing anything about seismology. It's the weight of the people on the island that causes the volcano it's, to blow. It, sque- it squeezes the lava out. And you put too many people on this island and you squeeze the lava out. Todd, I'm genuine question. Did they let you take science classes or? Get back in the ocean. Todd can't hear you. He's running back in the ocean. Maybe it's not too late if we get off the ocean. Take some of the sand with you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> He's throwing sand into the ocean yeah. one handful at a time as it washes back up on shore. How do you think islands get made? <laughs> we gotta yeah, make room for our body weight like that indiana jones stunt yeah which didn't work for him like that won't work for you todd you're doomed of course it doesn't work fucking gold weighs a lot more than sand indy way more than sand indy. Way, way more, more than, than sand. sand way more than sand he makes this whole show of weighing it out like a- yeah like oh is it this much like no dude you should have brought lead shot is what you should have brought that's the proper density for something in that small of a bag mm-hmm. you should have brought a collection of tiny metric weights you fucking idiot <laughs> <laughs> okay um look Kira exclaims suddenly. It would be weird if she exclaims look in sort of like a slow measured where it's like, look. Okay. Look, Kira exclaims suddenly. Look, Kira exclaims for two minutes straight. (laughs) You look where she's pointing. A boat is racing by. Three men are standing in it. Two are armed with machine guns and the third is holding a bazooka. The fuck? Yeah. Uh, They could have rescued us. They were on their way to rescue us. Uh Uh-huh. And save us from the dinosaurs. Uh-huh. Or the fog. The spooky bad fog. If you duck down and keep out of their sight, turn to page 34. If you, get, if you try to get their attention, turn to page 91. 34. Yeah. My initial, my initial response, if I see a bazooka, is this is not someone that I need to talk to or just yeah. be around. No, one, like, no one's carrying a bazooka for peacekeeping, right? My thought is just like, there's a few things in that boat and none of them are dinosaurs, so I'm going the other fucking way. I was that- promised dinosaurs. Fair enough. Yeah. This is good. Mark's, uh, Mark's uh, lust for story, like driving the story, has overcome his desire for social, social interactions. <laughs> uh, uh, if, if three guys show up with machine guns and bazooka, that's not a social encounter. You are a coward who doesn't believe in his diplomacy score, Mark. Ouch. <laughs> that, cuts, that cuts to the core. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. How many languages do you speak? Because, like, I don't know what Kieran Island's about, and I might not have trained in I, Japanese, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Look, with a high enough charisma, you just grunt and point the right way, and people, people know. People know. As true in D&D as it is in life. Yeah. Gross. 
You duck behind a small dune and the boat goes by. Todd looks at you angrily. We're going to lose Todd as a party member, y'all. We've displeased him twice. Todd will remember this. (laughs) Where's the renegade option to punch Todd right in the fucking face? Why did you do that? They would have rescued us. Or arrested us. Or fucking murdered us to death. Didn't you see those weapons? Todd shakes his head. Who carries a bazooka to rescue people, Todd? You fucking idiot. Like, I get it. It's a dangerous jungle. Maybe you want, like, some hunting-style rifles to protect you from sure. actual dinosaurs. Yeah. But there's, you don't need a bazooka unless you're playing the Sega Genesis version of the Jurassic Park game, which that's the only way to kill the T-Rex. We're on a strange tropical island with no food and no supplies. If we're not willing to take a chance with whoever controls the island, how do you expect to be rescued? I wish I hadn't listened to you. Stop arguing, Kira says. We gotta decide what to do. Looking into the camera. Right. Without deciding, turn to page 46. That would have been a good spot for a decision, Ed Pack. Seems like it. Get it together, Ed Pack. I don't know. Like, he's got good stories, but I don't know that he's working for, like, the best design of the... Did he do hyperspace? He did. Oh, fuck. Okay, so he knows what he's doing. All right. (laughs) For the rest of the day, you stay close to the beach, hoping a more friendly boat will pass by. (laughs) When were they not brandishing their weapons? (laughs) Like a tugboat. It's got, like, uh, cute little cheeks. (laughs) It's playing, like, the, uh, the ice cream truck song. (laughs) <laughs> Todd says, if it doesn't have a fun whistle, uh, I don't want on that boat. If it does have a fun whistle, I'll forgive a couple machine guns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you find a freshwater spring and nibble on some strange looking fruit from a nearby tree and then lie down with Chris McCandless and shit yourself to death in a van. A whistle sounds from the bluff overhanging the beach. You look up and see two people, a rugged looking young man with several days growth of beard and an athletic looking woman about the same age. They're both wearing khaki shorts and carrying lightweight backpacks. Your first impulse is to run, but then you see that they are armed only with binoculars and cameras and whatever explosives they have in that backpack, probably. <laughs> I mean, you could beat someone to death with binoculars. You could, if they're children, like if they're children, everybody's a threat. Where did you kids come from? The man asks. I come from the land down under. <laughs> <laughs> Replies Todd. I think we were the only survivors. How awful, the woman says. But come with us. Hurry. They're patrolling the island by boat. If they spot you, you're dead. Ah, eat a whole ass, Todd. How do we know they're not just working with them to, like, trick us or something? What we don't need is human party members. Mm -hmm. uh, We don't need that. At this point, there should already be human party members being whittled down by dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, good yeah. point. We need more people so that they can be eaten by dinosaurs. I want, like, a small, friendly dinosaur... Maybe a snarf. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, Chris, when you think snarf, you think dinosaur because of his scaled belly, sort of a weird lizard shape. No, him. just in general. Just, uh, you know, any, any situation, I think, uh, throw a snarf in there. See, see More how a snarf. Okay. Um, hmm. Great voice. Very fun, I think. Very fun. Very fun. I think if we get grading, if you had to live with a snarf. Oh, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, the electric bills pass too, snarf. <laughs> and you're like, fuck, snarf. God. Can you just can you just front me the money? I fronted you fifty dollars last month, Snarf. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear your dad's so sick, Snarf. Oh God! I keep having to clean up all your spoons and tubes, Snarf. <laughs> it's it's my backyard too. I'll ha- I'll I'll lounge naked if I want to, Snarf. <laughs> If they're looking into our above-ground pool, that's their fault, Snarf. 
There's nothing in the neighborhood covenants that, can, that says I can't jerk off with the window open, snarf. <laughs> Okay. You, Kira, and Todd follow the pair up the gully to the bluff. The bluff? (laughs) Hold on. Okay. You, Kira, and Todd follow the pair up the gully to the bluff above it. Above the gully. Of the gully. The bluff above the gully. You guys know how bluffs are famously above gullies? It's like gully bluff. That's, uh, they always go hand in hand. You know, honestly, I feel like. There's going to come a time in my life when I'll need to be like, no, 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 not, we need to get out of the gully up to the, you know, the bluff. And now I'll know that word, whereas otherwise yeah. I'd be like, we need to get out of the gully to the, uh, you know, the, the top bit. From the top of the bluff, I assume, you have a clear view of a semi-wooded plain with the cone-shaped volcano beyond it. Word for word what Chris described the cover <laughs> probably being and is. You turn back to the strangers. Who are you? You say, and who are those men in the patrol boat? I'm Arturo Scarlatti, and this is my colleague Rosanna Gallo. I'm a zoologist, and Rosanna is a geologist. We landed in a saber craft. Capital S. It's Edward Packard's version of a motor glider. I think we've had saber craft in Mario Montgomery books before. Saber craft? Well, we had, we had zodiacs in Mario Montgomery. Ah, uh, that's true. First, first result for Sabercraft, I think we can all guess, is build-it-yourself lightsabers, uh, which does look really right. sick. Okay, That does make sense. I thought it was going to be the motorcycle that Sabertooth uses to get around. Oh, shit. That's good. The three of you introduce yourselves and tell Arturo and Rosanna about your escape from the plane crash. But why are you here? You ask Arturo. I said that we're scientists, and that's true, he says. So but fuck off. Yeah, yeah, get out of here, kids. I hope you die of exposure. But we're also spying. Spying? How come? Pretty poorly, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never would have guessed. Oh, no, I let it, I let it loose. Uh, the LeBeau Institute is breeding dinosaurs on this island. You're a spy, and you discovered something they just broadcast on the news last week. Yeah, well, he's been on this island. He's been on this boat, for, like, for a minute. Mm. Maybe he's the leak. If you're looking for the dinosaurs, don't worry, Arturo says. There's an electrified fence separating the dinosaur reserve from the rest of the island. Fuck. That's that's what I was worried about. Yeah, nothing could knock it out but a crazy tropical storm. And maybe if Dennis Nedry threw the the breakers off. We've been reading for over an hour. We only have 20 minutes left and there hasn't been a single fucking dinosaur. I'd like to see the dinosaurs, Kira says. But more than that, I want to get home. That won't be easy, Arturo says. Claude LeBeau, who runs the Institute, hence the name, the LeBeau Institute, named after Claude LeBeau, the guy who runs it, is planning to make a movie about the dinosaurs. He expects it to make a billion dollars in worldwide sales if no film or videotape gets out ahead of time. That's why he's doing everything in secret and has armed boats patrolling the island. And that's why if he catches you, he'll kill you. He'd really do that? Arturo nods. He's the most ruthless dinosaur tycoon businessman I've ever met. But, like, why, why is Arturo spying on him? Like, is this not just corporate espionage? It's, does he have a reason for this? Yeah, like, is he, an, is he a competing, is he breeding dinosaurs for, like, for home use? Like, what, what is yeah, Arturo like, doing? Yeah, like, it's weird that LeBeau is so secretive, but also, like, that's his fucking right if he wants to be yeah. secretive and he bought a whole Mankind island. Mankind has a right to, to see dinosaurs and, and, and try to have sex with them. 
Oh, uh, okay. All right. Oh, <laughs> there it okay. is. Now Thanks, I got Mr. you. Hammond. I get yeah. you now. But what about the volcano? Kira says. We heard it might blow at any time. It might, Arturo says. In fact, it was a very poor investment. All the dinosaurs will be killed, and there will be no record left of them, except the film footage that he and his crew take uh, with them when the volcano erupts. He'll have a monopoly on the film and make a fortune. As opposed to, say, a bunch of dinosaurs. He's invented new technologies. He spent billions of dollars. He's sunk years of his life. He bought a whole island. And it's just going to be, like, less exciting, shittier Jurassic Park. That's your footage. Yeah. This is like if James Cameron, like, attached a missile to that sub that he sent down to the Titanic. <laughs> and he's just like, ha-ha, no one can see it now, fuckers. I, yeah. I, have, I have a monopoly on all of the footage. Three years later, like, all the video formats are updated and, like, that footage is lost. Yeah, or, like, six seconds later, it has leaked to YouTube and your footage is worthless. Right. Um... LeBeau sounds crazy, you say. How many dinosaurs are there on this island anyways? LeBeau doesn't seem crazy. The people who snuck onto the island for no reason, knowing that they could be shot with a bazooka. Yeah. Those are the crazy yeah. people. <laughs> also, like, you're going to tr trust that the guys who shoot people with bazookas for money aren't also going to tell all their friends that you're making fucking dinosaurs on this island? Like, good luck, Claude, you idiot. What do you do? What do we do next? I'm pretty sure we can help you take one of LeBeau's speedboats, Rosanna says. The sea is calm. It should only be about a 20-hour trip to the mainland. And Oof. we know how much you love small small motorcrafts yeah, and, and boats. I, sh I sure hope you're nautically trained. You don't point the boat the wrong direction and die. <laughs> yeah. The margin of error is pretty significant. Um, what about you two? Todd asks. Don't worry about us, she says. Arturo and I are determined to see everything that's on this island and get our own film footage. You can come with us if you want and we'll do our best to protect you, but but I think you'd be wiser to try to escape by boat. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to do that, but I definitely agree. Arturo and Rosanna are fucking idiots. Yeah, they've made bad decisions start to finish. They're risking their lives for the chance to take a picture of a dinosaur before someone else does. Like, mm -hmm. get fuck out of here. And they don't realize that Spielberg's going to release a movie in like three months that's, that everybody's going to believe has real dinosaurs in it. Mm -hmm. And then when your dinosaurs have feathers, people are going to accuse them of being fake. Good point. Good point. It's going to take years to get over that, frankly. Uh, new National Geographic, reimagining dinosaurs. Uh, it's a bunch of new key art about what cool dinosaurs are supposed to look like now. Wow. I was hoping they'd be like fully reimagined. So it's like, here's what they would look like if they had cool cybernetic gun implants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, here's an anime version. Uh, yeah. Here's here's the uh, Spider Man Spider Man Noir. Like we just have all the dinosaurs out of the Spider Man universes. We always thought that brontosauruses are basically hydras with only one head. So here's a normal six headed brontosaurus. This is just an episode of Transformers Dino Wars. Uh, uh, what if? Go with us here. Sabrina the Teenage Witch was a pterodactyl, reimagining dinosaurs. <laughs> like, okay. The crossover <laughs> everyone demanded. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I thought you guys would like, I don't know, do like little sketches or something to show what it would look like if we reimagined dinosaurs. And it wouldn't just be, uh, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson standing in front of an empty void, <laughs> pitching ideas of what dinosaurs <laughs> could be. Uh, it's the Flintstones, but with dinosaurs uh, and I guess people doing like the appliances. What if it's uh, like dinosaurs, but also 10 percent smaller, slightly smaller dinosaurs? <laughs> Mixing and matching, mixing and matching. All right, what's my next one? I'm on a roll here. Ratatouille, but with a tiny dinosaur yeah. 
and uh, and then also the humans are dinosaurs as well. So it's all dinosaurs, just mm-hmm. of varying mm-hmm. sizes. Uh, and one of them is cooking a ratatouille. Yeah. Oh, but then um, the titles make sense. The dinosaurs, mm-hmm. but instead of legs, they just have smaller dinosaurs. Ooh, <laughs> and they go. It's dinosaurs like sort of ad infinitum until you, on the microscopic level, it's just it's just microscopic. Right, dinosaurs. it's an infinite mm-hmm. fractal of dinosaurs. Uh huh. Yeah, it's like the shoreline problem for dinosaur skin. Well, I don't know what that is, and I'm glad we've stumbled Did a math upon joke. it. <laughs> Fuck you, Ian. I'm doing math jokes. <laughs> uh, okay, what about this though? The Matrix, uh-huh. but. But they're dinosaurs. The Matrix, right. but every one and zero in the Matrix type scenes is a little tiny dinosaur, like uh, mm-hmm. like a macaroni and cheese on craft. Uh, yeah. The one, Ooh. the ones are T Rexes, and the zeros are Velociraptors. All right, we got ten minutes to get to a dinosaur. I think we got to We got to get there. Hang on, hang on. What's the craft macaroni dinosaur called? Anybody? Don't look it up. Anybody? Cheezosaurus. Yeah, Cheezosaurus oh. Rex is an orange Tyrannosaurus Rex, and the mascot for Kraft macaroni and cheese. Wait, that motherfucker's a Tyrannosaurus Rex? Dinosaurs, but they're made of cheese. Do you want me to get this crazy person out of the office, Mr. Kraft? No. That last one made sense. <laughs> Kraft has been around for a hundred goddamn years, and the best you can bring me is an orange fucking dinosaur. Uh, they replace it with a saber-toothed tiger, and now it's Sabercraft. <laughs> And they don't make mac and cheese anymore, only small boats that you can pull right up on the island. Yeah, but that spin-off video game where you uh, are, it's like a real, real-time strategy game, very successful. Uh-huh, okay, okay. Sabercraft Brood War? You take a deep breath. I'm staying, you say. I want to see these fucking dinosaurs. <laughs> yes, yes, yes! Thank you. Kira looks uncertain. Then she can fucking leave! Yeah, I guess I'll stay too, she says finally. The next morning, Arturo has, has you all up early. We have a lot of ground to cover, he says. Here's the plan. He points to Todd and Kira. No, that's Todd and Kira. Oh, here's the plan. <laughs> he points to the plan. You two will come with me to follow the electric fence to the left. He points to you. You and Rosanna will follow it to the right. Remember, our goal is to get as complete a census of the dinosaurs as we can. <laughs> our goal is not survival. Remember, yeah. our goal is to find out when the fence stops being electric, so... <laughs> right, there are three of you. Use yourselves accordingly. 90 second intervals. Okay, let's go! Arturo straps on his backpack and just starts spraying as fast as he can. <laughs> Todd and Kira are like, is this motherfucker serious? And they're like, I guess so. They start running after him in a huff. It was weird that he's running like uh, Naruto style with his arms behind his back. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You and Rosanna starts off, start off to the west. She runs like Waluigi does. So she's like all <laughs> arms and legs just... <laughs> You push your hands up to your nipples and run like a Tyrannosaurus would. <laughs> Lumbering with the gate. You've gone about two miles farther along the fence when Rosanna stops short and puts a finger to her lips. You look through the brush ahead and see a small metal building, not dinosaur, set only a few yards from the fence. The two of you sneak up to the building and peer in one of the small windows facing away from the, re- from the reserve. A guard is hunched over a console. I wonder what he's doing, you say. Rosanna trains her binoculars on him and lies to you. Where? We walked up to the window and pressed our faces against it, and now she's using binoculars. Yeah, but he's faced away. From, uh, he's hunched over a console. Playing a computer game, she says. I guess real live dinosaurs aren't enough to hold his attention. There aren't any on this island. You think he's hunched over a Genesis or an SNES? <laughs> yeah, well, Genesis had blood on it, so probably that one. That's the better one. Mm-hmm. And also Primal Rage. And Sega does what Nintendo don't. Sega does what Nintendo don't. You remember the one that just went, Sega, 
You remember that guy? You guys remember that guy? The one I remember is the the commercial for Game Boy Pocket, and they had like a a, a metal song or whatever, and it's just this guy who looked like what I assume the singer for Static X looks like. And it's like <laughs> put it in your pocket, and then like, and then he's and then he plays Fire Emblem. Sure. Rosanna's eyes light up. Great, she exclaims. We can get inside the reserve. The guard's view of us will be blocked by the brush, and he's captivated with that electronic game. Cool, let's do it. Let's fucking see a dinosaur. We're finally breaking in to this place that we should have broken into to begin with. Jesus. We should have just crashed the plane into it instead of uh, way outside of it. <laughs> I know we're supposed to be watching dinosaurs, but like, do you guys ever wonder if ve- what Vector Man 1 was? Because I've only ever played Vector Man 2. <laughs> Okay, if I, it must not have sold very well if they keep refusing to repackage it in, this, in the second collections. The two of you slip through the gate behind the brush, like you said you would, hoping the guard won't notice you, like you said you hoped. <laughs> but apparently he does, for he comes out of the guardhouse and trains his binoculars in your direction. The menacing binoculars. You aim your he, binoculars at him, nullifying yeah. their effects. <laughs> yeah, he, he can no longer see far away. You and Rosanna duck out of sight, and after a few minutes, the guard returns inside. Seconds later, a heavy steel bar swings down and across the gate. You're trapped! Rosanna sighs and shakes her head. Well, we might as well make the best of it. (laughs) She says, unbuckling her pants? Like, (laughs) It just sounds too fatalistic to be working with a child, where it's like, all right, we're dead anyways, get good footage. Also, you garbage spy. Like, someone locked the door and now you're just like, we're trapped forever. You could tell that these are scientists turned spy, not the other way around. Right. <laughs> yeah, they yeah they went to school for big brain stuff. Right, they right, right. Snakes. It's way easier to train drillers to be astronauts than astronauts <laughs> to be drillers, right? Exactly. Wait, probably not though. Probably Let's, not. You know right. What? Let's send William Fitchner up there with him just in case. Fuck. Just that story about Ben Affleck being like, apparently on the set to Michael Bay, he was like. Why wouldn't they just train astronauts? And Michael Bay apparently looked him in the eyes and said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not about realism. It's not about realism, right? It's about spectacle. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you, uh, did you write a scene where people fuck about uh, animal crackers, you piece of shit? Ben Affleck, <laughs> get off my set. Get off my set. We'll do this scene tomorrow, you fucking asshole. In, in scene 54, uh, Ben and Liv, uh, it just says here, fuck about animal crackers. <laughs> Hey, Ben, I'm going to give you an option. You can either play Animal Crackers with Liv, or you can keep asking wise-ass questions. Now, what's it going to be, buddy? Oh, yeah. See, because we could replace you with anybody in a heartbeat, Mm -hmm. uh, because you're just Ben Affleck. No one cares. Hey, Charles. Um, Hey, Charles, the guy holding the light. Do you like Animal Crackers? Cool. You're a movie star. Oh, it's just like Harrison Ford. You think I couldn't just swap Matt Damon in for the back half of the movie and anyone would fucking notice? You... You asshole. And then Ben Affleck spins around 180 degrees and Matt Damon is the back of his head. And they're like, oh, it all makes sense now. Right, yeah. (laughs) Quirrell, you fool. A yellowish prehistoric haze hangs over the island and the prehistorically sulfurous taste of the air sticks in your throat. Wait a second. That's just the piss, like, (laughs) coming off of your shirt. Yeah, you are still pretty drenched. You haven't changed. Nope. Nothing to change into. After a hard climb, your feet aching, your clothes drenched with sweat and piss, and your canteen's almost empty except for piss, you and Rosanna reach the top of the hill. Ahead of you is a lake surrounded with long fern-like grass. Guys, first dinosaurs of the book, two sauropods are standing knee-deep in the water, drinking. The water. Uh, And you're standing there drinking in the sight of your first two dinosaurs. Somehow it's less satisfying than you had hoped. 
Yeah. You wish you wish you had seen these dinosaurs with your friends or even by yourself, not with this horrible woman. You kind of thought that the author would like spend a couple sentences making the dinosaurs seem majestic. But no, he just notes that they're drinking water and moves on. He, he doesn't even give you any of the cool but not scientifically correct names like Brontosaurus. About a half mile to the right of the pond, several hadrosauruses, each about 30 feet long, are browsing at a clump of trees. Um, I don't know which one that is. Is that the boneheaded ones? It's just, a, it's just one of them. Mm. Ankylosaurus <laughs> are the boneheaded ones. Those guys look like they're bald. I think hadrosauruses are like bipedal. They're kind of like the T-Rex body, but it like remove all the threatening parts. So take all the testosterone out. And that's a hadrosaurus. <laughs> yeah, T-Rex with a long face, duck mouth, not sharp teeth. A shadow moves across the meadow. You look up and see a pterosaur, a flying reptile with a 30-foot wingspan. All right. Well, we got some dinosaurs. We got three we got dinosaurs in three good. paragraphs. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we got three dinosaurs in 80 pages. Yeah. There's one dinosaur that could get off the island, you say to Rosanna. It's not really a dinosaur, she says, like a jerk. <laughs> But a separate order. Anyway, look at the awkward way it flies. I doubt it could make more than a few miles over the ocean. Or varsity. Yeah. <laughs> Real fucking cocky for someone who's literally stranded on an island. Uh-huh. You know, it can fly better than you, Rosanna. Yeah. yeah. Here's a dinosaur who can't get off the island. You. Yeah. Ooh, sick burn. Young people versus old people. Choose your side. It's falling with style, she says, falling into the caldera of the open volcano. <laughs> Without style. <laughs> Uh, no style, no style, no class. At that moment, the earth trembles. You're almost knocked off your feet. Rosanna is thrown to the ground, camera still in hand. Rosanna gets to her feet and brushes off the dust. The gate we came through is closed, she says, again saying a thing that you've known and was made mm-hmm. clear like a half dozen times. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to find another exit. <laughs> she takes a large rubbery thing with a steel cylinder attached to it from her backpack you realize it's a handgun, and you're just going to go out <laughs> here. You realize that it's a balloon and a supply, a supply of compressed helium. Which will make the island lighter so we don't squeeze all the lava out. It's good. It buys us some time. Uh-huh. Well, the compressed helium is the explosive, and the balloon turns into napalm when it catches on fire. So, fuck. Um, if you do a poop on this island... <laughs> I understand that doesn't add to the net weight, but do you think it redistributes your weight so that you're safer or that you're more dangerous? I don't know. There's just no way of knowing. We got to stop living in these thought experiments and actually build a fucking dinosaur island. What, why, why aren't we doing that? Yeah, Bezos, you can save the expanse, but you can't build a dinosaur island? Yeah. I actually like the expanse, so like, good, good, good looking out Bezos, but like... Uh, He's still got plenty of money. He's got dinosaur island money. Yeah, yeah a couple yeah. Billy lying around. You could do it. We know that you can build islands out of literally nothing. The Chinese have been doing it uh, to, so that they can lay claim to international waters further and further out. It's a great strategy. Yeah, it is a pretty funny strategy, though. <laughs> right? Just like, oh, no, I, what are you guys talking about? Florida's been like this long forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, it makes, it, it, it's, it's cut and dry. You get all of the land 50 miles off your coast. And China's like, okay, say it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 miles off of your coast. That's all the water you get to control. Like, all right, cool, cool. There's no rules in there about like building an island 49 miles off, occupying all of that water and mm-hmm. also another 50 miles out. Like, Right. Wi-Fi extenders for your uh, political <laughs> territory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess not. Are you going to do that? They're like, we've already done it, chief. We were just making sure it was legal. <laughs> 
Working swiftly, she unloads the cassette from her video camera and seals it in a thick plastic envelope. She ties the envelope to the balloon and immediately launches it into the air. The balloon, a definite target for bullets and bazooka stuff, rises rapidly, drifting off to the west toward Australia. Now, even if we can't escape, there's a chance the world may learn that there were dinosaurs on this island. They already fucking know. They already know. It was on the news. Yeah. Then she sits down on a rock, arms tightly crossed, looking out over the plain. I might as well tell you, the volcano is at the critical point. It won't be long now. (laughs) Rosanna takes off her shoes and then her socks and walks contemplatively across the prehistoric grass, feeling everything as though it were for the first time and the last. Just out of curiosity, how come you grown-ass adults didn't tell us this when we were talking about staying or going literally five minutes ago? You're just going to sit here and wait for the end? Right, she says, without even looking (laughs) at you. Well, that's fucked up and super dark. This is weird. You run down the slope back toward the gate. It's open and the guardhouse is deserted. Of fucking course it is because the island's going to explode. If you run toward LeBeau's headquarter building, you might be able to reach his helicopter before it takes off. Maybe LeBeau would take mercy on you and give you a ride. Or you could run down to the shore and try to find Arturo and the others. Then you could all escape together in the boat. Either way, you have to make a decision now, and none of those decisions involve dinosaurs, and all of those decisions, that's it. That was all the dinosaurs we got, guys. If the dinosaurs were paintings of dinosaurs, they would have equally as much influence on the plot. Like, they didn't do anything. We did not even get within petting distance of a dinosaur. We just noticed them. That's all. They really should have called the book Island, comma, dinosaurs. (laughs) Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe even, like, dinosaurs is the last thing that's on that list. We have, like... Island of uh, Volcano Island, Volcano Island, yeah, balloons, Bazooka Island, uh huh, Bazooka and balloons. I think occupied the same amount of words in here. Discussions of both dinosaurs took up less space than how often we talked about breakers, troughs, gullies, bluffs, etc. Right, (laughs) bluffs, bluffs, gullies, bluffs, gullies, bluffs, gullies, dinosaurs, bluffs, bluffs, gullies, and troughs. The new uh, Guy Fieri show where he drives around America. (laughs) Looking at America's Look at best this gullies. This is a this is a pretty great this is a pretty great golf, brother. You got like a tiny grill in there? Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, is that limp biscuits, chocolate starfish, and hot dog flavored water I hear coming out of that radio? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's head to Lebeau's let's head to Lebeau's headquarters because it sounds like a good idea. Yeah, that's why we're doing it. You drop your pack and race toward Lebeau's headquarters. If you make it, you won't need any supplies. If you don't, it won't matter. <laughs> Jesus. On and on you run, but it's much further than you thought, and, like, you've spent the last night on a boat eating sea rations with, like, a bunch of people that wanted to kill you with bazookas. Seconds later, the sky lights up. The volcano has turned into a mountain of fire. Through the thickening smoke, you see the helicopter swerve, roll, burst into flame, then explode into a thousand pieces. Ooh. The second aviation disaster in this book. You've barely had time to take in this spectacle when the blast of superheated air, traveling almost at the speed of sound, Reaches you. The end. Cool. And we're killed in a volcanic explosion. Just like a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. So island of island of some dinosaurs and a fate similar to the dinosaurs' fate. Uh, shady Corporate Island. Maybe that would have been a better title. Uh, I think I'll, I'll pick out Shady Corporate Volcano Island. Also, there is a balloon by Edward Packard. <laughs> uh, in parentheses at the bottom. Also, there is a balloon. Um, yeah, this book kind of sucked. Yeah. It was like he didn't have he didn't have the heart to keep uh like copying um Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. 
Yeah. Yeah, just do one. He spent the entire, like, first 15% of the book promising us Jurassic Park and then didn't do it, you know? Like, it was such a bait and switch. Someone in the yeah. office was just like, you know we definitely can't do that, right? Like, they'll, they'll destroy us. You can only legally include dinosaur names that are not listed in the Jurassic Park script. Mm-hmm. True. Are you going to take us out, though? Yeah. Okay. How, how, how does that start? <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome to the end of the show. <laughs> it's been a long day, and I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> Until next time, I've been Ian. I'm Chris. I'm Mark. And that's the Cheezosaurus Rex pointing at his watch, reminding us that all men must die. Always cheese responsibly. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's pretty it. good. That's pretty good. <laughs>